You're listening to The Bottom Bible. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by a couple of bottom-loving bitches who want to talk about sex, relationships, current events, pop culture, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. To tell me what you want from me. I, I really need it. I, I really need it. Hello. Hi. Welcome to The Bottom Bible. My name is Katie. I'm Vanessa. And we are here to give you the worst, best, worst advice that we possibly can um, utter. We asked the, yeah, we asked the question, do two bottoms make a right? <laughs> um, dear bottoms, dear Ms. Bottoms. <gasps> do you remember Dear Mr. Henshaw? Yes. The Beverly Cleary book? Oh, yes. I love Dear Mr. Henshaw. That, do I know, that's your jam. Do better, do better. Yeah. De later, do matter, I get her. Okay. Um, so if what you are we? Are, oh, oh, sorry. sorry. I was just gonna say if if you are not a boomer like myself and you don't have no idea what I'm talking, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You are not a boomer. If you're not a boomer like me, um, um, you're that. It's Beverly Beverly Cleary. Um, I am proud to say I'm a Gen Xer. So we have the beef age with no defying one. Gen yeah Xers. Where we like have. <laughs> We have no beef with anyone. We just simply want to live in our own existential dread. <laughs> um, but Dear Mr. Hendrott was a book by Beverly Cleary, who did all the Ramona Quimby books. Um, and then she did, what was a little mouse book about Ralph or someone, the mouse? I can't remember. Some I, other, see, uh, I can see the cover, but I can't I remember I can see the, the mouse. Mm -hmm. um, but she was children's author that was chef's kiss one of the one of the many children's authors that like defined my childhood yes. um and i don't even remember why we did that oh because dear i got it mm -hmm. it's coming back to it's me there. today this week on this day um i came up with this idea and just told katie like hey look we think that we're smart <laughs> um sometimes we are <laughs> not always but it's very easy for a lot of us to yeah. hear other people's problems and give advice. Sometimes it's easier to give other people advice because Almost you're removed always, from it. I feel and like. And you can be like, yeah, you sound real sage, real smart. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we're going to do is there is a column on Slate, uh, Slate.com that I love. There's a couple of advice columns that they have. Uh, I was regular features on their site. There are some that are just kind of more family, friends, personal relationship advice. And then they have one called Pay Dirt, where they do exclusively like financial questions, not just like how are my finances, but things like finance and romance, finance and friendship, you know, like how to mingle relationships and money. So mm -hmm. what we're going to do is I found a few um, letters that were written in throughout the last few years. So I didn't just do all recent stuff. I went back and got stuff, I think, from like 2017 to now. Okay. And I copy pasted. So I have not read the advice that the experts gave. Love. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read the letter and then Katie and I are going to give our two cents. And then we're just going to compare it to what the expert said. I like to call and, it Katie uh, is going to ruin your life in three, two, one. When? Just, just run, scream, yeah. run. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So this first one is going to be from the pay dirt 
uh, column. Okay. So again, this is the money advice column, and it's given by Athena and Elizabeth. Okay. Um, so, dear Pater, I'm a dude, age 31. He's 28. We've been together three years, cohabitating for two. I recently asked for his ring size. His finances, minimal assets, a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in school debt. Okay. Federal now in income-based repayment, rough upbringing, previously income struggles, lately seventy thousand a year salary with growth potential. His mom, of whom I'm skeptical, might expect him to care for her one day. Me, grad student, previously high income, maybe will be again, living off savings. I haven't told him how much, just that it's enough to cover my bills until I work again. He said he's okay with a prenup, specifically that his debt stays with him and any savings that I have left after paying for school stay with me. But he doesn't know that I have more than $1 million in my brokerage accounts. Should I, and when do I, and how do I bring this up? The, there are reasons I've stayed quiet about it. I don't want to be a sole provider, finance, our first house alone, that take assets that, I would otherwise, that would otherwise remain with me in the event of divorce, or expand our modest lifestyle. I don't want my money to change things between us. Signed. When do we talk about this? Okay. Okay. I have some thoughts. Okay. Let's hear it. So it sounds like whenever there's money involved in relationships, one of the dangers, a couple of dangers can be, um, my, my biggest advice would be there may never be a comfortable time to mm-hmm. share this information. But one of the best things, if you're feeling like this is something that you do want to talk about, one of the best pieces of advice my therapist gave me was it's money a situation where this is naturally going to come up in conversation it's going to happen and that could be your opportunity to bring it up and be as honest and as forthcoming as you can this is first part of it with saying talking about not using judgmental language but just being honest and say hey these are the concerns i had i don't want this to affect our relationship and just based on our different lifestyles, our different upbringings, it sounds like he's worried about how it's going to make his partner feel. Mm-hmm. And then it also sounds like he's worried about sort of this like power struggle that could potentially come into play in the relationship because there's that sort of I have, you know, there is if you have the means to buy more things, to buy the house, mm-hmm. to do all these things, then there the other partner could potentially feel less than like they have right. less of a say they don't get to decide because they can't contribute equally mm-hmm. um i would the only part that is concerning is the fear that he has of the not living their modest lifestyle anymore um so perhaps I feel like he might be placing a bit of a judgment on his partner, thinking that and once the partner becomes aware that he has more money, then all of a sudden he's going to want to spend more money, which I think is a bit unfair um, without the part. Because truthfully, he doesn't know, right? The partner doesn't know the reality. So therefore, you can't really put that on them yet because they haven't had their chance to react to it. So I would say if you don't know when to bring it up, 
there's never going to be a perfect time because there's already so much stuff that's like lies underneath mm-hmm. but find a time when money's going to come up inevitably it will there's going maybe you're talking about bills maybe you're doing taxes and just say hey be very honest um and just say i have had reservations about talking about this but i this is something i need to share with you if we want to kind of grow our lives together because mm-hmm. on the receiving end i would feel very hurt if there was some big thing that my partner was keeping from me based on how they were anticipating I would react rather than letting me react authentically. Right. right. Um, I would just say if you are at a, if you are thinking of sharing your life with this person mm-hmm. of getting married, you have to have that financial yeah. talk, even if it's uncomfortable because Romantic feelings aside, perfect wedding day and, you know, photo shoot aside, getting married to someone is a legal agreement. Yep. Yeah. And if you've already had the talk about a prenup where everybody keeps their own debt. Yeah. And savings stays separate as well, then it kind of seems like you've already done that hard part. Yeah. Which yeah. the hardest part for me would probably be if the other person had a lot of debt or if I had, like, if one of the partners had a lot of debt. Yeah. Even if the other one had a lot of wealth or investments or whatever, you know, be, because I would never assume that my partner would take on my debt. Right. Yeah. But there are some people who feel that way. Yeah. There are, do you remember, um, oh God, what was that dating show where they dated people blind? Mm. Love is blind. Love is blind. And then there was that woman who Amber. it seemed like they were really getting along really well and they were like pretty smug about how well they had hit it off. And then dot, 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 mm-hmm. they had the really uncomfortable financial conversation where it turns yep. out he was very responsible and very conservative with his mm-hmm. money he had saved up he was very careful he had a plan in that he was fo- a financial plan that he was following very very closely and she had a wild amount of debt that she was very unconcerned about and assumed yeah. he would be taking on when he married her yeah yeah and so that's what i would be afraid of um that my partner would think i assumed they would take on my debt yeah or that i would be expected to take on another person's debt yeah I think to your point too I think an important thing just based on like how my partner and I go about it is I do think it's it when you get married and when you start even if you're not married once you're living together you have shared Mm -hmm. expenses Mm -hmm. a shared household a shared household I think it is really important to maybe you don't see exactly eye to eye on finances but there's a you've reached a common ground Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. you're saying if you are getting ready to pop the question you're really thinking about that then there then you at least everybody needs to know where where each person is coming from and if you can't agree and it causes a lot of friction 
then either you've got to be able to work through that or if you can't work through it, then that could potentially be very problematic for your future. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I just think it's one of those conversations you have to have before the relationship moves on. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't hide it from your partner. No. You shouldn't hide debt or wealth from the person you are going to share a household with. Yeah. Um, And that's not to say that, like, if I were the person that had this big savings account, big amount of of money in an investment account and savings account, and my partner had a lot of debt that they were carrying, I wouldn't necessarily want to just erase that debt for my partner. Yeah. Especially if from the letter, it sounded like he was already doing well. Yeah. And had a plan of repaying it. Mm -hmm. So it was already, had already taken steps towards making those arrangements. Yeah. But I also would still be fairly generous. Yes. So when it comes to the house, like the lifestyle, Mm -hmm. if my position helped elevate the lifestyle a bit, yeah, I'm fine with that because I'm sharing my life with this person and I would want to share those kinds of things Mm -hmm. with that person. Yeah. Um, But as somebody who dates a very proud, stubborn man, when there are times if I'm a little more flush than he is, mm-hmm. he doesn't like oh, okay. when I pay for everything. Like there's a limit. Yeah. There's stuff that he's fine with like, okay, well, you're up right now so you can take care of dinner tonight. Yeah. But there's like a line that he's just like, okay, yeah. Vanessa, <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um. So... That kind of thing is important. You have to be of similar mindsets Mm -hmm. on a lot of things. And the finances, I think, are sometimes things that get overlooked. Yes. You're concerned about. We'll figure it out later. We'll just figure it out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And all of a sudden you realize like, oh my God, I'm living with somebody who is a penny pincher. Yeah. And only buys expired food. Remember that one? I'm kind of shocked though, to be totally honest, that you're at the, that you're at the proposal level mm-hmm. and you don't know mm-hmm. you seem to know everything about their finances but they, they don't, don't know about, about yours, yours. Yeah. that is a little sus to me as the youth might say um, that is an excellent point okay a, let's see what yeah okay let's right. see what the expert said okay dear when do we talk about this you have to talk about this now if you plan to get married Not because it will change things between you, but because a failure to disclose something that could meaningfully shape the direction of your lives will erode trust between you. Mm -hmm. I will not assume your boyfriend would expect you to be a sole provider or otherwise expect your roles to change if he had this information. Right. Between the two of you, he's the one with the job. So it seems a little presumptuous to take it for granted that if he knew about your money, he'd want you to financially support him. Yeah. He may, in fact, find the idea insulting, especially if he put himself through school after what you characterize as a rough upbringing. Yeah. But regardless, you need to talk about these things before you pop the question, because this is also about what you want for your respective futures and your potential future together. And you need to consider the possibility that at some point the shoe might be on the other foot. Just because you're in a better financial position now doesn't mean that that will always be the case. It's not uncommon for incomes to shift in marriages where both parties work. Mm -hmm. Uh, You 
you would want him to be transparent in that situation. So you should be transparent with him now. Yeah. yeah. Solid. Good advice. Clearly, I think we, we need are to be doing close. this professionally. I mean, I mean, about, send us all of your problems. Actually, don't. Send us. I might get stressed <laughs> out and I'll be like, oh my God, it's too much pressure. <laughs> too much responsibility. Too much. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so this is from the OG Slate advice column. It's called Dear Prudence. Um, and I don't know if it was somebody who was using the pseudonym Prudence or actually someone named Prudence, but the Dear Prudence of Dear Prudence has moved on. So it's new people. Now okay. I've been reading this long enough that I've gone through different Prudences. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so as soon as I start reading this, you're going to understand why I chose this one. Okay. Um, okay. So this is called Creepy Dentist. Ooh. I'm a 23-year-old college grad looking forward to graduate school this fall. I'm writing because I'm puzzled by my mom's behavior. And don't worry, I'm, and don't, and worry, oh wait, sorry. <laughs> I'm writing because I'm puzzled by my mom's behavior and worry I'm being uncharitable. I've always had wonky teeth and my mom took me to visit a new dentist, an appointment for which she was present. Things oh. were grand until the dentist kissed me. Oh, my God. Through the mask on the forehead mid-exam. This was done openly and obviously, and I was too shocked and silenced by the hand in my mouth to say anything. My mom witnessed this and said nothing. I was willing to consider it an unconscious slip-up when, near the end of the visit, he again kissed my forehead, this time without a mask. I was more stunned than before. Again, my mom and a technician were present. When we walked to the front desk and car, I was humiliated. But my mom seemed to find it funny and let me know, smiling, that I turned pink. The more oh. I think about it, the more weirded out I become by the whole thing, while my mom continues to treat it as a joke. I've let her know how troubling I find it to which she becomes defensive, and she says she didn't know how else to react. She also claims that she thinks the dentist is gay, and therefore his actions are harmless. I find that entire line mm. of thought object objectionable. I have no interest in making guesses about anyone's orientation. I'm freaked out because the middle-aged professional who should know better kissed me twice. Yes. Am I making a big deal out of nothing? I've considered writing the dentist's office to say that while I appreciated the kindness of his staff, he should probably consider how he is relating to female patients. My mom objects to this, and she wants to visit the office to take advantage of a special, reduced price on dental cleaning and an x-ray, and fears that if I complain, I will ruin the chances of savings for her. Oh, God. Okay. Okay, um, so... First of all, dear, dear listeners, the reason I chose it is because I believe Katie has shared on the pod before. She had a dream <laughs> that her chiropractor <laughs> kissed her on the forehead. It was so sweet. Though. It was In a not, yeah, it was not creepy, not predatory. It and it was so a, nice. Also, didn't really happen. It was a yeah. dream. And probably more about Katie processing the fact that this was a professional who was being very kind to her. Yes. You know, and yeah. in a way, kind of like a savior, sort of, you yeah. know, someone coming in and fixing a problem yeah. for you. Um, it, IRL, different story. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I would not be complaining to the office. 
I would be going to whatever board yep. regulates dentists. Yes. Yeah. This That's is beyond a Yelp. Yeah. This is beyond stuff. a Yelp review issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, um, aside from, you know, you, you have a, seems like, and it's common, no judgment, possibly a toxic relationship with your mom. I get that you're 23. I get that you are probably still under her insurance plan, probably. Or she's, if not, if you're not under her insurance, she's footing the bill. Right. Yeah. Um, So what we're talking about here is um, this dentist, regardless of intentions, I don't give a fuck about intentions, made an advance on a patient. unwanted Two times. Twice. With with witnesses and has likely, I would say... Done this before. Yeah. Yeah. 99% positive he's done this before. They have done this before. This was a male dentist? Yes. Okay. So I... Okay. Your mom, as problematic as it may be, she may never side with you on it. She Mm -hmm. may never side with you. But... Do not let that deter your actions, regardless of whatever, however it impacts your mom. You are your own person. And your experience, that's like one of the best things. I'm going to quote my therapist just ad nauseum. But saying it gives you a lot of, um, I would say, it gives me a lot of courage when she says, like, well, focus on your experience. Because no one can take your experience away from you. Mm -hmm. You felt violated. You felt uncomfortable, regardless of how anybody else in that room reacted, especially your mother, because that's hard. That's like ultimate betrayal, I would feel like. Um, You felt uncomfortable. So I think you need to take proper action and proper course, proper steps in making this problem known. And like you were saying, take it to a board. Take it, go above the office, go above writing it, figure out who, figure out how to do that. Um, oh, and, and possibly another option is if you have an adult that you do trust and you can confide in and you would think that they would be able to help you. I mean, you are an adult, but you know what I mean? Right. Like a 40-something, 60-something. Right. I don't know. Um, Someone more experienced. Somebody more experienced. You got an right. aunt. You got an older sibling. Um, see if they can, you, you can, if you feel comfortable enough sharing this, confide in them and kind of like figure out a plan maybe together maybe mm-hmm. they'll help you maybe they'll give you some advice or they know who you mm-hmm. can um how you report this um because that is a major problem and uh, it sucks that your mom reacted the way that she reacted right but as many times as you probably if you've shared your piece and you have told her how it made you feel and she just completely basically she's invalidating your experience is mm-hmm. what she's doing mm-hmm. and she's looking at it for her own gain so it's a very selfish approach you may never be able to get her to side with you and i'm sorry because that's never not going to suck but you are your own person and you deserve to have some resolution right and and something that wouldn't have wouldn't make your mom or doesn't make your mom uncomfortable doesn't mean that your feelings aren't valid Mm -hmm. you're allowed Mm -hmm. to react the way you react to the situation that is weird i love my dentist i've been seeing him for so long um 
he's a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. He makes jokes. Excuse me. I'm not getting teared up. I, just <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He, he, he jokes around terrible dad jokes. He, you know, kids with me and jokes around and does stuff like at the, like, I got your nose level type of things. But has never actually physically touched me in any way other than a way that is appropriate for a dentist. Right. He'll do stuff like he's got these cameras that when he's, if he's doing a filling or work in your teeth, he's got like the camera at the end of the tool and will tell you like, do you want me to pull down the screen and, and like, you want to watch? And I'm like, oh no. He's like, yeah. nobody ever wants to watch. <laughs> and so he'll do like dumb kind of corny stuff, mm-hmm. but he has never kissed me on the forehead oh my god i think the only contact he's ever had that's been like non-dental is at some point he he put his hand on my shoulder once like yeah. every once in a while like because he you know the the dental the assistant mm-hmm. uh, the hygienist right yeah. is doing the cleaning and he'll sometimes come in put his hand on my shoulder and be like i'm just finishing up with my next client i'll be i'll be right i'll yeah. be right over with you or something like that but never anything beyond that that's weird he's like i've never hugged my dentist no Uh, that's no i can't think of a doctor or a dentist anybody in the medical profession that i have that wasn't in my family that i have other than shake just i've i've shaken their hand yeah i don't even know if i've shaken his hand like yeah my mom went to him first like it was like a work friend of her or uh-huh. work co-worker of hers that referred her to him and to the, that office and then I started going there so like everybody in that office knew my mom too yeah. so the first time I went in after she had after she died like they were really kind to me and they said oh I'm so sorry you know we we know blah blah, blah whatever but even then like there were no hugs there were no yeah. certainly no kisses like that's really strange and yeah. If your mom is paying for this and so you're sort of feel like your hands are tied because this is the person that's going to be footing the bill. Let me just tell you, I have bought my own dental insurance. Mm-hmm. It's $35 a month. I recently upped myself to the nicer one that's a little bit more that covers more. But basic dental care, $35 mm-hmm. a month. And that was like yeah. for a PPO. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So there are other options. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just assaulted. go to that dentist because he's going to give you a break on the x-rays. Yeah. And it does really suck when someone who is supposed to be someone that loves and protects you doesn't believe you. Yeah. Or just doesn't make you feel heard. Yeah. It's just, it like Katie said, invalidating the feeling, invalidating your feelings. But perhaps a sit down after you've complained and just said, look, I know that you have said you don't think it's a big deal. It's really bothering me. It bothered me enough that I wrote to this, mm-hmm. whatever, the dental board or whatever it would be. Uh, and I'm fine with you not supporting me on mm-hmm. this, but like I'm never going back there. Yeah, just this this is a hill I would be willing to die on. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, creepy dentist. Okay, let's see. 
Uh, oh, and then this is one that there was because it's an older article or an okay. older from an older um, issue. They had the original and then there was a, a an updated like somebody else looked at some of like the greatest hits and gave their two cents. So I'll read the original one first. Ooh, okay. You are not making a big deal out of nothing. It is perfectly reasonable to request to make wait. It is a perfectly reasonable request to make of a professional that they not kiss their patients in the middle of a dental exam, regardless of their orientation. Your mother's response was and remains completely inappropriate and wrong. The fact that she wants cheap x-rays, and who among us does not, is wholly irrelevant. You should absolutely send a complaint to his office, leaving out the bit about the kindness of the staff or the probably when it comes to not kissing female patients. You should also look for another dentist for yourself. Mm -hmm. It is true that sometimes when something shocking happens in the moment, people are apt to freeze up or to react in odd ways. That doesn't mean that your mother's response was good or that she shouldn't spend some time thinking about how she can act now. The best response to her attempts to excuse or minimize her behavior is this. I didn't experience it as a joke. I don't want to be kissed by a dentist while I'm getting my teeth cleaned, regardless of whether he's gay or straight. Mm -hmm. That's a perfectly reasonable expectation, and he should be able to abide by that. I'm going to file a complaint with his office, and while I'd appreciate your support, I don't need it in order to take an action. Yes. Okay. And then the update is, report this to your to the State Board of, yes. Hearing, of Healing Arts or Dental Board ASAP. This is definitely not normal behavior and needs to be reported at once. No telling what he has done to other female patients while under anesthesia. Oh, my God. And find another dentist without your mom's help. If she's willing to be complicit in this unprofessional behavior, that says a lot about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about the, um, like, how many patients go under. I didn't either because it said office. that he had, that he did it in front of the assistant or the tech. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there. Also, what are the techs doing? Well, I mean, I'm sure that this person thinks that it's charming and cute. Yeah, it's not. Probably because no, no one... I'm not going to lie. If my dentist did that in the moment, I would be gobsmacked and yeah. probably not say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. As much, oh, yeah. as, I as much as I would love to say, like, I would walk out of that office, foam yeah. still in my mouth, like, apron still around my neck, I'd probably just freeze up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No judgment to any re no judgment to any reaction in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's the once you've processed it of like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Hold on. Did he that, right. did that motherfucker just kiss me on the forehead <laughs> twice? Twice? Two times? One mask? One not mask? Ew. That means there was like lips, like your dentist lips, waxy lips, <laughs> like Twizzler lips, Twizzler lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i feel like we're two for two i think we are i think we're nailing it yeah okay it. here's one called am i the wrong one my boyfriend and i have been dating for three years and living together for one and a half years i have this bad habit of comparing myself to a girl my boyfriend used to date he and i dated briefly and then two years after he dated this girl it wasn't serious, and she moved on to someone else. A year after that, he started dating me again, and we have been together ever since. Hmm. The trouble is, I knew this girl and keep thinking in my mind that he should have ended up with her. They have a lot in common, whereas he and I are almost opposites. This is in terms of hobbies, mostly. 
I have so much hate in my heart for her, which I know is unfair and wrong to place on myself and other persons. This anger tends to come out in my relationships at times too. How can I get over this? Please help. I'm tired of feeling this way. I enjoy my time with my boyfriend and we are very committed to each other. I love him very much and hate that I am doing and feeling these things. Okay. Okay. So sometimes insecurities, I feel like, play out in two different ways. They're either just internalized insecurity from a past relationship or just negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Or they are, they could potentially be signs that you're picking up in the relationship. So I find it interesting talking about how you don't really have that much in common, which they used to say opposites attract, but really they found there's more evidence I think that would support Having things in common is is really beneficial to a relationship. Right. Differences can be good. Some types of differences are nice and play off each other well. Yeah. And like if you are two polar opposites, but you support each other, there's a that's a different thing than just not being into each other's interests at all. Right. Right. And putting. So I guess my question would be or my advice, I guess is that you asked a question. So you're looking for advice. My advice to this person would be to try try to just focus if you can. Like when you feel those insecurities, A, when do they happen? Do they mm-hmm. happen when you're with your partner? Do they happen alone? Are you doing the comparison game on social media? Because that's a trap we've all fallen into. Mm-hmm. And I think the source of the insecurity will tell you more information about what you need to know. Because maybe it is. I mean, I definitely in my younger years, I was with people that I should, not I shouldn't have been with, but they weren't the long haulers. Obviously, I'm married to my boo now. And I had a lot of insecurity that was both from the relationship because it was like, we didn't really work, but we were just like, you know, it's like just shoving like a... Just like it was like a toddler with one of those toys and right. just the wrong piece right. into the wrong hole. No pun intended with like, you know, the fact that I have heterosexual relationships. But um, but also having had and still building up self-esteem within myself as an adult, I would just sort of compare myself to everyone because that was sort of the foundation that I grew up mm. in. With Everyone's going to – every single person is criticizing you at all times. So have your guard up. So I would look and see, is it like, because if your relationship is solid and he's very attentive and it's super sweet and you guys have these great experiences and you feel a lot of trust there, because that would be my other question. Do you feel a lot of trust in your relationship or is it, do you not feel a lot of trust in yourself? That would be my, my ultimate question of the thing to figure out. And then I think your answer will be right there. Yeah, it, ooh. It, it seems like this is more about her insecurities mm-hmm. and where she thinks she falls short, probably because of past relationships or like what you said, just a lot of negative self-talk. Yeah. So this would be some, like, not to sound glib, but this would be one of those like, ooh, you maybe need to talk to someone. Yeah. This might be a... Th- a, pl- a, a time when therapy can be really helpful. Yeah. Because this is probably a pattern that's repeated. 
mm-hmm. like the not good enough and not just in romantic relationships, but like with jobs, with school, yeah. with, you know, other like, you know, family relationships, friendship relationships. Um, and I do admittedly say this sitting on the gilded throne of an only child <laughs> who grew up with a wild like sense of self-importance. Um, but also, like, I am my own worst critic. Yeah. But, like, I don't like it when other people do it. It's not fun. It's only cool if I do it. Um, it's only cool when I question myself. Um, I kind of, like, don't have room for when other people do it to me. Yeah. Which is sometimes great and sometimes, you know, leads me astray. Um, what if I can convince myself that, like, no, you're right. No, 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 you're absolutely right. And it's sometimes <laughs> hard for me to admit, like, Maybe let's take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe let's listen to some critiques. Um, but in like the simplest of terms, like if he wanted to be with her and not you, he'd be with her or he'd be with not you. Yeah. If he didn't want to be with you specifically, another person involved or not, like he just wouldn't be. Yeah. And this yeah. is like somebody who's chosen to live they're with you so yeah they are living together, you know that's right living together living in this like creating a household together whether it's leading to something else or if you're thinking about children but um and then at least you she acknowledged the like hating the other person yeah that's not great mm-hmm. at least like she realizes that that's not right and it's not fair to put those feelings on the other person yeah but you're still doing it for those of you that are Office fans, this is a very Pam and Karen um, little dilemma happening. And is this is where I lose everybody by telling, <laughs> once again, admitting how much I hate The Office. <laughs> it's not that I hate The Office. I just can't get into it. I don't see it. Can't I don't get it. it. Yeah. I was a fan of the OG Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to sound like the nose in the air with like, well, I saw the original, but I did. I saw the original yeah. and I, I really just don't like Steve Carell. I'm so sorry. <gasps> I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's lovely. Not my bag, baby. <gasps> just That one I, shook me to my core. I know. I'm just not into it. I have to write in, dear Prudence. Oh, dear Prudence. What how do, do I... you do with a, <laughs> a friend? I thought I knew Who her. Who hates Steve Carell? I thought I knew her. I don't hate him in everything, but I don't know. It just, it's, I don't know. You know, there's just some people. Yeah. There's just you just people. don't jive with. Mm-hmm. My mom used to, in a weird mom way, my mom used to not like certain people, like you, like actors, mm-hmm. because she thought they had bad breath. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's, this is like my, my mom reasoning for Steve Carell. I'm just something ain't right i don't know maybe it's his breath i don't know my mom does She's similar just, things she just decides who they are yeah. as, as people for my mom it was jack nicholson she said I don't, but it just seems like his mouth stinks <laughs> i can see that though <laughs> she said like she thinks that his mouth smells like dried spit is what she would say oh but my mom very also descriptive. yeah my mom also hated men who wore sleeveless shirts or tank tops she had no room. She said, I did not wake up every morning and live this life to see somebody's armpit. <laughs> yeah. She found it real disrespectful. Like, how dare you walk around with your armpits just out? 
even at like a beach there's a time i think she would be okay at a beach yeah time and a place but you're just walking around the store just going you're walking around her macy's yeah you're walking around her nordstrom in a in a tank top with your pits out i truly truly love that (laughs) okay oh my god how do we get there but oh god yes so let's see what the uh the expert (laughs) said oh god I know I'm supposed to say something along the lines of if your boyfriend wanted to be with someone else who enjoyed all his hobbies, he probably would be having a lot of shared interest. It's not the same thing as being compatible on a deeper level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't want to underplay your anxiety. I think the ex-girlfriend is a bit of a red herring. It wasn't serious. He didn't seem to be pining after her. But if you're anxious that you and your boyfriend don't have enough in common to make this relationship last, then I think that's worth paying attention to. Especially if the anxiety is making you angry at your boyfriend and causing you to obsess over this woman. Mm-hmm. Spend time in therapy focusing on the nature of this fixation. Why don't you trust that your boyfriend wants to be with you rather than her? Why do you think of her specifically as being well-suited for him? What about her threatens you? Is there anything that you have doubts about in your relationship, but feel more comfortable outsourcing said doubts to him rather than acknowledging them in yourself? Mm. When you get angry at your boyfriend because you secretly fear he's in love with his long ago ex, what do you think you're going to achieve by getting angry with him? Hmm. I don't think you can get rid of these feelings overnight, but spending some time neutrally evaluating them, you might be able to interpret some of these dangerous mental loops and keep yourself from obsessing over a woman who has never done anything to you. Yes. I mean, with our powers combined. Yeah. She basically, like, edited and smarted up the gist of what we were saying. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 1,000%. I'm putting my glasses on because part of my reading that in a rather stilted voice was, (laughs) this bitch can't see. (laughs) There we go. Oh, boy. Okay. So here comes one we might have to edit out. Okay. (laughs) But it's fine. It's going to be interesting to go through it. Okay. Dear Prudence, I am 32 and have been married to my husband, the love of my life and best friend for the past five years. A little over a year ago, I was diagnosed with a terminal illness and currently only have about six to eight months left. This has been very hard, but I am starting to come to terms with the reality of the situation. My husband has been amazingly supportive to me during this time. We have no kids as my health has declined. He has sat with me through endless doctor's appointments, hospital stays, and sleepless nights. On bad days, even he even has to help me bathe. And I know that this has taken a toll on him. Right. A few weeks ago, while using his iPad to watch a movie, an email came in and I discovered that he has been having an affair, emotional and sexual, with a coworker for a few months now. For several days I cried, heartbroken at the betrayal, but now I feel like my husband deserves to have someone help and support him um, through this emotional time. Mm. I have not confronted him about the affair, and were it not for the email and my subsequent snooping, I never would have known, uh, as I have not felt him pulling away from me. Uh, do I comfort my husband and tell him I understand, though uh, I am hurt? I forgive him and I don't want him to feel guilty or do I just keep quiet and let him, let him continue? 
If our families find out after I'm gone, I'm worried that they will think ill of him. And I don't want that either. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. So he sounds like to me that this woman is incredible Mm -hmm. and understands why her husband is doing what he is doing. But he is breaking a trust. Mm -hmm. And regardless of, you know, there are positive coping mechanisms and negative coping mechanisms. We go one way or the other sometimes. And it's understandable how exhausted and what kind of a need he must have both sexually and just to get out of the situation that just kind of take a moment and but he is being dishonest and being deceitful and I would I I started to think about when you're reading that I started to think about how he will feel when she has passed and knowing that how he behaved while you know these last six months or eight months my advice I would tell him I would tell him in the way that she said she would that Mm -hmm. she understands and yeah he'll probably be upset and yeah he'll probably feel terrible but it sounds like she is given that she's in a terrible situation He's in a terrible situation too. Right. She's she's in a good place though, it sounds like, in terms of acceptance and understanding what her situation is. And I think that that it will lead to a mutual understanding, I think. coming at it, She's coming at it with compassion, which is very noble and remarkable. He will probably right. still feel very guilty and very sheepish. He might even try to deny it. I don't know. But that sounds like the best recipe because not saying anything, I feel like, is almost a crueler fate for him in the end because he will take that to his grave. And I feel like he will feel horrible. That's what I would do. I would would say do it. I would say tell him. I agree that I I would say something. Um, I would not be so concerned about how he felt, uh, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, if we started a relationship being monogamous and the understanding that there would be no outside partners, that's how I would expect that relationship to stay. And yeah. if you had a need, that's a conversation we should have had. Yeah, I agree. To do it, to do it when you are in that vulnerable of a position, and while I understand why he did what he did, that he also needed an outlet and a support system. Um. 
maybe yeah. the last few months of my life is not when you need to worry about getting your dick wet. Yeah. I, I think I'd he's rather not thinking about it, which I'd is rather, a problem. Yeah. I'd rather my partner had been honest with me and said, mm-hmm. I need some physical and emotional release from this. And I would have just been, you know, don't, okay, just be discreet. Mm-hmm. Go to a sex worker. Yeah. If you have someone you, you know, you are going to go to just, just be discreet. I, I, well, I mean, <laughs> I would like to think I was mature enough to do that. I probably would not be, but mm-hmm. those are also issues that I have with my parents' marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had some health issues oof, 15 plus years ago and was going through some fairly serious treatment. Yeah. And my dad was seeing someone else during it. Yeah, now, we can relate on yeah. that because that now, very similar thing happened to my mom. Yeah. yeah. When my dad was going through some health issues before my mom, um, would he have been that understanding? If right. when he was recovering from open heart surgery, my mom, who was doing any everything for him at the time, um, would he have been so understanding? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, I, it's, I weirdly, I mean, I, I guess it's easy, it's easy to say because it's not the situation I'm in. I do find it like almost in a trend, like transcendentalism. Like I, I almost find it as like in a, she's transcending into a different space of being, it feels like, where she is, this is like the last thing. accepting that people are people and people make mistakes, even people that you love dearly and that this situation is fucked like it's it's a fucking hard situation on both sides and i i don't know there's just something beautiful to that i guess with the fact okay is what did he do is what he is the way he's behaving correct absolutely not is that the way to go about that absolutely not but i think the fact that she has so much understanding and she has so much compassion. It makes me feel like for her, the right thing to do would be to tell him because that's what she feels. Right. If she didn't, if she was really upset and she didn't, then it, I think I would have a different um, it, like kind of thing, advice for her because she feels in a, in a different place with it. Another um, lasagna layer of... Um of rage that I would have was I don't have enough to deal with. Yeah. Now I have to navigate this. I have to navigate how to approach you Mm. in this situation, (laughs) which um, again, because of the history my parents had and the kinds of things I saw, not just in my parents, but in, in the relationships and people in my family that, it's kind of expected to just keep heaping on mm. more and more to a woman's plate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that men very often, and I love you, men. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have this moment. Men are just kind of like awarded for showing up. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. 
Um, and sorry, I can't see the mic stand. Um, although, like you said, you made an excellent point. I am not in the frame of mind that she is in. Yeah. She's in an absolutely different state of mind with the terminal illness and probably seeing things much differently than any of us who are not in that situation are. So, um, if she is in this state where she, you know, she can move past this and she wants to unburden, like not burden him rather with guilt and shame but also needs it. I think she needs to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And it's like what you said, say, look, I wasn't looking for this, but I found, you know, this email came in and I'm, I know what's going on. I understand how hard this must be for you. You've really been helping me through this and I haven't been in the position to help you. Mm hmm. You know, I've kind of been taking more than I can give right now, you know, because of where I am. Yeah. Um, I just want honesty between us at the end. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I don't want this in my face, but I understand. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't want this to be found out after I'm gone. Yeah. And have our families think differently of you. Right. Or have that, you know, have you kind of branded with that where she doesn't think he deserves that. Um, And that is a much, much bigger person than I, I think ever can be because I would even in a terminal state want to burn that motherfucker to the ground (laughs) because this is not the relationship that we agreed upon. Yeah. And... I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, it's like you make a vow. Can yeah. you, can you just wait? Yeah. Can you just can give you me just a minute? Wait? Can you give me I'm, a beat? I am almost out the door. <laughs> like, don't clear my, my place setting. I'm still eating, sir. I know. Um, Carrying my bags to the car. Okay. So let's see what they said. Okay. Huh. Okay. I am so sorry about your prognosis and so moved by your insight and compassion. If you don't have a therapist, please consider getting one in order to have someone neutral who can help who can help you fully work through this and everything you are facing. But you have written to me for a reaction, and mine is that you should tell your husband. Don't frame it as a confrontation, but as a conversation. Uh, I can see you taking his hand one night and telling him that it was by accident. But a few weeks ago, you found an email to him from the woman he has seen. Then you tell him what you told me. That, of course, it was painful to discover, but on further reflect, but on further reflection, you realize he needs some relief from this terrible sadness. You can assure him that he has been a rock for you. This will be hard. This will be a hard, tearful discussion, but it will also be relief of a terrible guilt-ridden burden for him. Yeah. As for your family, you are very thoughtful to consider that after your death, if it ever comes out that there was someone else in his life, he will turn from angel to devil. You don't have to tell anyone else about this, but as you say your farewells to those closest to you, you can allude to it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you can tell your family that you want them to know that life can be difficult and complicated and that through all of it, your husband has been everything you wanted. 
you can say you were lucky that you two never had any secrets. Thank you for, yeah. yeah, Thank you for this example of bravery and compassion. That's amazing. Yeah. Again, I love the bit about the, um, how you can frame it for your family Mm -hmm. where you don't necessarily have to say anything, but you can allude. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I have something to mention off, off mic. I won't mention it because I'm oh, afraid I will, okay. I, I will forget to edit it out. <laughs> I'm going to write <laughs> like, this down. Um, okay. okay. So this one. Okay. Whew. Dear Prudence, my fam. Oh, sorry. Try it again. Dear Prudence, my husband and I moved to a city a few hours away from my family after we got married. Okay. Shortly before our first child was born, I bought an internet enabled video camera to use as a baby monitor. Out of guilt that my parents don't live nearby, I allowed them access to the camera through their phone so that they can see their grandchild regularly. This turned out to be a huge mistake. (laughs) At any time they can see something or any time they see something on camera that they don't approve of, they let me know. I was endlessly harassed for not putting socks on my son's feet while he was sleeping, for example. The camera has a a feature allowing viewers to talk to us through the camera. So my parents randomly start talking to me or my son when we're in the room. If my son is throwing a tantrum, they will come on and say, stop that crying. I've told them that I don't appreciate their interjections or criticism, but it has not stopped. My son is now two years old and we have another baby uh, with the camera in the baby's room. And I want their, wait, sorry. My son is now two years old and we have another baby with another camera in the baby's room. And I want to end their monitoring us. The problem is that if I change the password and prevent my parents from being able to access the cameras, they will be offended and it will cause World War III. What's the best way to do it without, with ruffling as few feathers as possible? Hmm. Okay. Ooh, girl. So I'm picturing boomer parents. Yeah. With no boundaries. And while it was a sweet gesture of you to want your parents and the grandparents of these babies to be able to see the children, clearly, it's like, what is that Spider-Man quote? With great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking more of what was the, um, that escalated quickly. Oh, um. There's a, okay, so we know our parents, right? I mean, we kind of do. I kind of feel like you may have seen the writing on the wall when you did this, but it's, but it's okay. We're allowed to make mistakes. We're humans. It happens. And they broke a boundary. They're not, they're not, a, they, not only have they continued to do the behaviors that you specifically said, I do not appreciate that. They will 1000% just keep doubling down. So... I would say there's a couple of options. You can address it directly. Let the chips fall as they may. They will most definitely probably, for for the sounds like how they are, be offended, be defensive, and potentially hang it over your head, but they won't want to stop seeing their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll get over it. If they're not the types to get over it, you could... Mike, okay. Another question. Do you need do you need this type of baby monitor? Do you need a monitor where someone can speak to them? Because 
I have seen some hackers mm-hmm. videos of mm-hmm. where complete strangers do this. So not only is it potentially it is bio, potentially violating your child's privacy and as they get older that's not they you know they're they're just little humans right that is violating their privacy someone is watching them that's not their parents without them really consenting or knowing about it so i think a simple solution if you don't want to address it and they're not the type of people that would respond in a healthy productive kind of way we'll say productive where you're really just not going to get anywhere and it's just going to be arguing and nothing's going to be resolved. Mm-hmm. Just get new monitors and say, don't, don't, don't be accusatory. Don't like necessarily, you don't have to start any arguments. Like you don't want to start World War III, as they were saying. Ruffles few feathers. Just be like, we had to get, we had to get new monitors. We found these other ones and we, we really liked them. So yeah. we got these new monitors. They don't have a talking feature. They don't have an app feature, whatever you want to do. So because they kind of gave up their decision making in the process when they mm-hmm. stopped respecting your boundaries. Right. And those are your babies, not their babies. And you don't need mommy and daddy telling you how to raise your baby. So since they didn't respect you, you don't respect goes two ways. That whole like they're your elder. Right. Sorry. I know that there's, you know, there's definitely like cultural things here and this, blah, blah, blah. but I truly firmly believe just from just I firmly believe respect is not given, it is earned. Mm-hmm. And just because they are your parents does not necessarily mean that you have to always give them your just like blanket respect. If right. they're disrespecting you, especially when you've become a parent, it's all right to be like, I changed the monitors. Yeah. Kind of, let's plan a trip. And that's something you could right. do too. You could say, I changed the monitors, but hey, come visit us next month and right. we'll have a great time right. with the babies. Because those are also your kids. Those are your babies. Those are your babies. Yeah. And yeah, the camera thing, I guess, like when it's a small baby, a small child, a toddler. Yeah. I guess. But after that, like at some point, those cameras have to come out of those kids' rooms. Because yeah. at some point, you know, it's going to be an older child. And at what point will you stop that? Also, um, I, I guess it just depends on the relationship you have with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, short of going back in time and never making that terrible decision, what you have to do now is just take control. Yep. And just say, we're changing the cameras. Uh, we're, we're not going to have video and mic access cameras anymore. Bing, bang, boom. Period. Yeah. Don't, you don't have to give it a, a reason why. If they give you grief or if they ask just say because it's what we've decided to do yep it's what we feel is best yep you can still continue to have cameras that can record and then you can decide which clips Mm -hmm. you send if you choose to still do that but you don't have to do that you're not obligated to have a big brother feed live to the grandparents you don't have to do that no. Um, and the whole like, oh, we feel guilty about moving away. When you have a kid, like you sign up mm-hmm. to at some point your baby's leaving the nest. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means they move farther away. But the technology we have now, video chat, like get do what I did. Get your parents a portal. 
Yeah. Um, and now they can just do video chats when you choose and when the kids are awake and okay to be monitored and to have like that kind mm-hmm. of company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the worrying about World War Three, how do you think this is going to go? Yeah. Why do your feelings not matter? Yeah. And at some point, stuffing that down is going to explode. Yes. Like stuffing it down, stuffing it down and pretending like it, it putting somebody else's feelings over yours. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't go, doesn't go well. It's not a long term plan. Yeah. So World War Three could happen and you get the, you would get the blame for it. Yeah. Because you start, like you blow up over something unrelated or trivial. It sounds because you've like been you might get the on. blame for it anyway. You know, yeah. if there are those they're types your kids. of yeah. people and parents, then mm-hmm. you literally may be damned if you do, damned if you don't. So Just turn out them cans. Fuck it. Just be, and my my advice with with talking to parents that do not listen and do not know how to do boundaries, <laughs> just as even-toned, and it's like you said, a matter of fact, we're changing the cameras. Yeah. Because there is something that, Sometimes people look for fights and they look for a reason to kind of get out energy because they don't know how to express mm-hmm. how they've been feeling. They will look for you to blow up, to get mad, to have any type of emotion. Sadness, anger, they can turn that all back around you. So just smooth, even lines, matter-of-fact statements, bing, bang, boom, this is yeah. it. And if they want to see those grandbabies, they're going to have to accept it. Yeah, play by your rules. Yep. Okay. Let's see what they said. Ready. Uh, You say your parents will start World War III if you cut off their surveillance privileges. But although you have given them dear leader type access, unlike Kim Jong-un, they can't back up their threats with nuclear weapons. Your parents need to be reminded that when they raised you, there was no technology to monitor your every breath, fart, and twitch. And this lack of constant scrutiny was probably better for everyone. It would be satisfying the next time they start shouting admonishment. Wait, if they start. (laughs) It would be satisfying the next time they start shouting admonitions at you to look straight into the camera, wave goodbye and toss it in the potty. But you can be polite enough to let them know that this experiment has run too long. Mm -hmm. It's coming to an end and the password is about to be changed. Then change it immediately. If this results in your parents having a tantrum because you are no longer connected through an electronic umbilical cord, you won't be able to hear their, them pounding the floor. That's true. If they threaten to boycott your family because their unlimited access has ended, then that's their choice to disappear completely from their grandchildren's lives. Often when people have a child, they hear the voices of their own parents in their head. And this is supposed to be metaphorical. No one wants the actual voices of their parents <laughs> issuing issuing from a speaker in the room. Sorry, the cat perfectly blocked my... It's all right. It's cat time. Text. Mine came in and took my heating pad. Yeah. He's like, yes, mine. <laughs> Get out lady. of here. I'll give you some advice. Get out of here with your cold feet. Hello? Don't eat the monitor. Don't. You're very cute. But this is an expensive piece of technology. <laughs> okay, there's the last one. Okay, <clears throat> ready. Dear, dear Prudence, the last time I was intimate with my wife was before our son was born. He is two and a half now. 
My wife's pregnancy was difficult, and our son was in the hospital for a week when he was born. Since Mm. then, he has been the focus of her every waking moment, despite the fact that he is very happy. He is a very happy, active toddler now. I love my son. I love his mother, but I desperately miss my wife. Mm. My son co-sleeps with us, and every conversation revolves around him. I have tried to help get a housekeeper to come in twice a week, get my sister to watch our son so we can go to dinner, even invite my in-laws for the weekend so that we can have help. My wife doesn't want it. She didn't like having a stranger cleaning our home and hates letting our son out of her sight. We end up getting into getting the meal to go in our home by 7.30. I miss sex, but even more, I miss having an actual adult conversation with her. Mm. Art, history, world events. I fell in love with a woman who had wit to spare, and now our only conversations are about the wiggles. <laughs> I bring this up, and we end up arguing. She says I'm pressuring her, and we need we end up going in circles. I am tired. I am lonely. Porn meets the physical need, but makes me feel worse when I climb into bed with my wife and son. We have tried counseling briefly through our church, but we stopped after a few sessions. My wife said it made her feel like a failure as a mother and a wife. I just don't know what to do. Okay. I I didn't mean to, but I grimaced a bit at the church counseling. (sighs) My, which, you know, that's more than fine I, I shouldn't have done that that's putting my own perception on things my advice would be i well first of all i want to say i think that they're being very compassionate and very understanding because and this is mostly knowledge i've gained from tiktok <laughs> but birth trauma is for real it's not talked about enough this sounds like she was in the hospital for a week this sounds like a very traumatic birthing experience that is not just going to go away overnight. My advice would be try to really support her and her going to a therapist on her own. Because a really common thing that happens, women do lose themselves. Because they've literally, like I watched a TikTok about women talking about sex after giving birth Mm -hmm. and they literally said i wish something didn't have to go in i just pushed this like eight pound thing out of me i feel like everything comes out of me i feel like milk comes out of me there's everything something always needing something from me with my body right and so there's a chance that she could just be physically like tapped out if she's breastfeeding even if she's not breastfeeding that child is looking to be near their mother and it sounds like she does from just from the sound of it it sounds like she does a bulk of sort of like the caring for the infant and the baby so I would say therapy I would say postpartum therapy there's a possibility she could have maybe postpartum depression but only a therapist and a licensed mm-hmm. professional is going to be able to really diagnose that for her and you know as much as you probably miss your wife she probably misses herself even more yeah and I would, I just applaud the compassion. And I think the best thing that you could do, and if the church counseling didn't work, maybe we try a different avenue. Maybe we go a secular route, someone that you trust, but you, that she can just go to starters On by her herself. Own. Yeah. And if it wants to then do joint, that's, that's great. But, mm-hmm. I, but like post birth trauma is 
full real and need to honor and respect it. And it might not be something that she's going to be able to process in this time, but the start is going to help and is going to help the relationship. Yes. Yes to all of those things. Um, I also think your child sleeping in your bed is real weird. Mm, yeah. Um, and this is from someone who sleeps with pets in bed where they belong in bed with me. <laughs> um, but this is also someone who thoroughly enjoys a healthy sex life. And those pets are just gently removed from the bed and put in another room where they don't have to witness what's about to happen. Yeah. Um, so time and a place. But um, I grew up in, with parents who argued a lot. Mm -hmm. And though they say they loved each other very much, and I'm sure they did. They were married over 50 years when, when we know when it all shook out. Um, they didn't seem to like each other very much oh, for uh -huh. most of that. And as a child, my mom got me used to sleeping in bed with her. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I think it was a way to keep my dad out of the bed. Got she it. was absolutely, I think, using got me it. as a shield. Got it. If she's in here, you can't, you can't, mm -hmm. I, he couldn't get intimately close with her. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he just didn't sleep in that bed at all. Yeah. There was like a period of about two years where, and I wasn't a little kid. Mm -hmm. Like I was probably six or seven. Okay. And I slept in, my mom and I slept in one bed together and my dad would usually sleep on the sofa or sometimes in my bed, okay. but usually the sofa. Yeah. Um, and that was normal in our household. Yeah. And then at some point, I think, when I I think it was about nine or ten, I like told my mom like, okay, this has been it's been great. Yeah, <laughs> love the queen size bed. Um, but I'm gonna I want to sleep in my own room, mm -hmm. and I like want to kind of you know have space to myself, uh, because I started to develop a personality. Yeah. Um, and was just like, yeah, I need much more private time than you, ma'am. Mm -hmm. So I want to go sleep in my own room and my dad did not necessarily move back into that bedroom oh, okay even after i was out of it mm -hmm. um they did eventually you know share a room again yeah. at some point um i don't know how long that i genuinely don't know remember how long that lasted but i like in high <clears throat> excuse me in high school we had moved to a new house and they were both in the same bedroom okay. again but um it also didn't stay that way Okay. They once again went separate bedrooms. Yeah. Um. So, like that, as a toddler, I guess your two and a half year old doesn't mm -hmm. not like really get it, but it seems like this is not something that is going to change. Right. So at some point, your kid will realize that they are being used as a buffer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they are going to be real weirded out by the fact that their parent parents can't talk to each other. Yeah. Or be together and that they are the one in the middle. Yeah. And that puts a lot of really shitty, awful pressure on a kid mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. 
to know that like am, or to think that like am i the only thing holding this thing together yeah what happens if i leave like what happens if i want to go to a slumber party or away mm-hmm. for the weekend with friends or what happens when i go to college yeah what happens when i move out like am I, are mom and dad going to be okay so yes uh, like i think therapy for the wife like right now that's something that lets her talk to someone who doesn't want anything from her doesn't Mm -hmm. need anything from her Mm -hmm. will just let her get like a sense of self again yeah and be seen as more than just a mom just a wife and Mm -hmm. absolutely not a failure that was a very compelling thing yeah just someone going through a really physically and emotionally traumatic Mm -hmm. event that's just happened yeah and you know maybe she's got some other issues why she's so sort of focused on the child Mm -hmm. Um, because he's saying that the kid is sort of happy and Mm -hmm. healthy and it's that she's sort of too focused on him like yeah maybe there's something in her past yeah you know maybe she needs to work that out that it's okay for her to you know get help because there are people like that that think if I don't do everything myself I'm a failure like if I have somebody come in and help clean my house what means I can't do it by myself if like somebody else has to come and watch my child it means I can't do it by myself yeah so there's also the religion aspect of it too where there's a lot like you mentioned there's a lot put on the female's plate and some of those things that are you know categorized as female duties where it's like Maybe she's getting a little bit of judgment. If there's a safe, mm-hmm. maybe mom group that she mm-hmm. could join, that's not going to judge her and it's going to go, oh my God. Because sometimes you do just need to hear someone go, oh my God, I felt the same way. And right. And you go, right. oh, okay, 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 okay. That's nice. That's nice to know. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a shared experience. Yeah. I'm dying to hear what the expert All right. Let's see. To say. Let's begin with the obvious. If you briefly attended a handful of sessions with a church counselor, I'm not surprised that you and your wife did not find a great deal of relief from therapy because you have not actually tried therapy. Mm-hmm. Therapy is not something you resort to because some ever, someone has failed. If your counselor was making your wife feel like a failure, then you need a new counselor. If you, If the mere prospect of attending therapy sessions was making your wife feel like a failure then you and your wife need to have a conversation about what therapy is and what it can do for your relationship. Find a therapist you both trust, preferably one who is not part of your religious community and likely to pop up in the pew next to you next Sunday, and go regularly. Go for more than three weeks. Be honest about what you want. Is it to stop co-sleeping with your toddler, to have regular date nights, to change the division of labor in your home, and listen to what your wife says she wants? Let me also make a plug for self-examination. You say that you've tried to help your wife by attempting to hire a housekeeper and to get your sister and in-laws to provide childcare. Have you tried helping your wife by attempting to help keep the house clean yourself? Are you spending sufficient time with your son or do you allow your wife to shoulder the lion's share of the work with raising him? Mm. If you're already doing those things and simply attempting to hire a bit of part-time help on top, then that's fantastic. But if you're not, that might explain a great deal of why your of your wife's stressed out behavior. If, upon ruthlessly honest self-examination, you believe 
both you and your wife contribute fairly and equally to your son's care and your house's upkeep, and that at least part of the problem is your wife's inability to let anyone else relieve her workload for even a minute, then it is incumbent upon you to pursue this point, both in therapy and out of it. Mm -hmm. If your wife considers it pressure to offer to pay for a weekly weekly housekeeping so the two of you can go out for dinner, then she has an unreasonable definition of what pressure is. And you need to have an honest conversation about what you want out of marriage. Yeah, that makes me think of, I totally missed the point of, I didn't even think about that, that he's potentially not participating and helping. Mm -hmm. There is an like, I can I think the movie is called The Breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. Yep. Did you ever see it? Mm-hmm. There's a scene where I think she's doing the dishes. This is the one. Yes. And then Vince Vaughn is like, "Fine, do you want me to do the dishes? Is that what you say? Just tell me you want me to do this." And she's like, "Nobody wants to do the dishes. You just need help. like that's not that's not what she's asking. And that is something that is there's a disconnect yeah. with there's just certain and sometimes <laughs> it has to do with how they're raised. Right. If you weren't raised, yeah. She says, I don't want you to do the dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes. Right. Right. Exactly. And help out. (laughs) It's it's also, though, for me, really frustrating because I hate that lazy kind of script writing that, like, women are shrews. And we want everyone to read our minds because mm-hmm. we won't just say. A lot of women tell you exactly what they need and what they want. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Y'all might just not be listening. It's, yeah. Maybe it's not that women think want you to be mind readers. Maybe, you know, you just need to listen. Yeah. Um, it's also programmed into us. Right. With society to like, right. just do it. It's just fine. Just do it. Grin and bear it. It'll be easier if you do it anyway. Like They're not going to yeah. understand. Right. They're so not going to do it the way you want them to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As someone who grew up with a loving, but oh my God, passive aggressive mother. Yeah. <laughs> who used to say, do you want to do, do you want, do you want to do the dishes? And I would say, no. No. Who no, Nobody wants to do the dishes. And she's like, I can't believe you won't help me. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not. That's not what I said. That's not what you asked. You True. asked me, do you want to do the dishes? And I answered you, no, I do not. Yeah. Now, if you ask me or tell me, go do the dishes or please go do the dishes. Will you do the dishes? That's a different story. I would say yes. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, sir. Yeah. Um, but that's not what you asked. Yeah. Uh, it was a constant battle about going to people's houses. Like, going with her to visit people like relatives and Mm -hmm. stuff when I was an angsty teenager who was Daria incarnate and did not want to go anywhere or see anyone yeah do you want to go with me to your uncle's house do you want to go over to your aunt's house no I do not you never want to see the family and I was like again not what you asked yeah you asked if I wanted to go no I don't if you want me to go with you, you have to If you tell want me. me to go with you, then say, I would like you to go with me to your aunt's mm-hmm. house and visit for a bit. Then I would mm-hmm. say, like, well, I don't want to go, but obviously I'm going to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we stop for ice cream on the way home? Yeah. What do I get? <laughs> Can I have a dollar? <laughs> um, negotiations yeah. would happen. But yeah. it was, it's this, 
do you want to help me? No, not really. No, I don't. I don't really I don't, want nobody to. Want, but that's the thing that I have literally said that phrase of like, well, I don't love doing this. I just do it because it's got to get done. The shared space, baby. Yeah, like it's got to get done. Space, shared, yeah. And this would go a things. lot smoother if if there were two of us if helping. There's two of us. There's nothing. And God help me when I have kids. There's <laughs> nothing in this world that will like uh, make me. And actually, with kids, it doesn't. But with an adult. Cleaning up an adult's mess, oh, just seething, just foaming at the mouth. I it drives me bonkers. I'm like, you can wipe this off. There have been. I'm looking at a runner. There have been times when I've found the other day. I found a small popsicle stick. It was like a little, like those little Dove or Magnum Mm -hmm. bars, but it's like the little itty bitty ones. Mm -hmm. I found one of those sticks. In the sofa. Oh, my God. And I said to myself, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) First of all, I didn't buy a box of these, which meant you went out and bought one of these. Mm -hmm. You didn't buy one for me. You just had one for yourself. (laughs) Rude. Secondly, put it in the trash can. There is a can. Not, I can't tell distance. I was going to say, I can't tell time. Can't tell time or distance. <laughs> Perhaps 10 to 15 feet away from you. Yeah. I'm going to say six to eight strides away from you. Okay. Take small steps. Yeah. Its only job is to hold garbage. Yep. So please don't leave garbage. And I, then I sound, sound like my mom. Please do not leave garbage on my couch. Well, yeah. You make a valid, you, you pose a valid argument. And it's all these like little, little bits. My dad's like a little, little tiny hoarder. Just yeah. hoards little things. Uh, Ricolas. Loose mm. Ricolas on the sofa. Yeah. Oh, God. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> There's a coffee table inches away from you. Put there... it on top of the coffee table. What is it going to be? Another... I used to think my mom growing up, I used to be like, man, she is just ridiculous. And I mean, to be fair. Often she, she was. Yeah. But they often are. There was a time period where she was like travel nursing or something, and I was home with my dad for two weeks. And okay. talk about a perspective shift. <laughs> that mofo. I was like, oh my God, you don't do anything. Oh, when was the last time you scrubbed God. a dish? Yeah. What the fuck is happening in here? I was like John Lennon at the end of that. Da- what the fucking shit is going on? I seriously was like, okay, whoa, I get a little bit of it now. Right. Where it's My like, bee mom, I get it a little. You're still wild. You're still wild yeah. out too much. But you're not completely wrong. Yes. You make you do make you from do time to time some valid arguments. Pa- I'm going to give approach. you 15 to 20% times. <laughs> yes, you're making sense now. Yeah, the approach. Not always great. Yeah. The approach of like, doesn't anybody else want to keep this house clean? <laughs> Be like, no. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> but oh. all of a sudden it starts to like, oh, when you're the one when that you're is the one. just assumed is right. going to take care of this, is going to do this. Right. Right. Um, I will also say, Dr. Boyfriend, not like this. Yeah. I have to beg him to let me help. He's only now five years into this relationship comfortable with the idea of me doing dishes at his house oh 
Because he's like, they're not your, nope, nope. I do not want you to come over here and feel like you have to clean. It's like, I don't feel like I have to clean. I want to clean. I would like to help you. And I told him like, one, helping you, you know, like acts of service. It's my love language, boo. Mm -hmm. I am showing you that I care for you because in my ethnic, like, uh, upbringing, you helped Mm -hmm. around the house to show you cared. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you went over to someone's house and they cooked dinner for you, you offered to do the dishes. Yeah, you help clean. Like up. I'm not scrubbing sure. toilets at strangers' houses, but I will help clean up after the dinner you've just provided for us. Yeah. Um, so doing the dishes, it's like I'm just I'm just showing you that I care. Like, thank you for hosting. Right. Allow me to help pick up some of this giant mess that we both made. Yeah. Or that was made for me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, occasionally he will allow me to help him with like chores and mm-hmm. our routine is we each put on, uh, headphones, AirPods, and just each go our separate ways. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, and it's just like, I've tried to tell him, I love doing the dishes. I actually mm-hmm. do want to do the dishes. Katie, okay. I am that person. Okay. Because it, <laughs> I can see a problem mm. being solved. Right, 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 right. It is such a huge, like, (sighs) where there used to be a mess here, and we just systematically attacked it, and now that mess is gone. Yeah. See, my problem with cleaning is I love, I can't see the end game in anything in my (laughs) life. And it's probably the ADHD. The meds are helping. But my problem is, is once I start with a mess, my brain just goes absolutely overboard Mm. and it starts to process every single step it's going to take to clean it and then every other mess that exists i go oh the dishes i'm like oh god i sweep this floor too shit i should probably when was the last time i swiffered it i don't know i need to mop it oh my god did i take the laundry out i don't know wait oh god have we vacuumed oh i and then i think of the vacuum and i think of the living room then i'm like oh my god (gasps) when was the last time i wiped that the coffee table and our house is pretty clean we do keep a pretty clean house and my boo he, it's like we have, we figured out our strong suits and we were raised differently. We had different tasks and different chores to do. I had more like consistent, like we had a chore chart with mm, magnets mm. God, and that whole chart. thing. And so there was like a, okay, well, it's laundry day for Katie. It's ironing day for Katie. It's uh-huh. vacuuming day for Katie. So there were like very specific, very kind of like regimented types of things Yeah, that we had to do. So it's just a little different. But I noticed once I get rolling, then he kind of goes like, oh, yeah, maybe I should, like, vacuum, too. And I'm like, cool, sweet, yay. And so that works pretty well. I definitely care about it more. Mm-hmm. But I've come to terms with, like, that's okay. That's okay. Because right. messes make me feel physically, like, sick sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's almost like there's um, white noise in a room. Yeah. I well, I guess yeah. not white noise because it's almost like there's like static in the room. Yes. yes. And that yeah, if I can I clean up, even if it's not all of it, even if I can clean up a part of it that I can see that's right in front of me, mm-hmm. it's like it turns off. Yeah. And like a little bit, just like oh god, okay, let me just let me just enjoy this because yeah. I never relax. Bask I never relax. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my, I still like one of my dream projects is going to be to empty every single cupboard in this kitchen. Scrub mm. it like it's yeah. never been scrubbed before. Yeah. And organize it 
via the container store. Yes. Big giant cupboards that it's just almost too much space. Yeah. And everything's just thrown in there. And then the stuff that doesn't fit in there now is sitting on the kitchen counter. And now the mm. cats learned how to get on the kitchen counter. And that's sure not enough. Gonna, um, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that was amazing. Thank you for preparing all of those. Twas my pleasure. Yes. Um, yes. Especially because I did it at work. <laughs> Nobody listened. Time theft. Hashtag time theft. <laughs> um, but it was like a slow point at work. And I had done everything I was supposed to. I promise. Yeah. Um, but I did. I've been loving the those slate um advice columns forever and ever. And I just was like, I wonder like how would we stack up against them? We're not professionals, but we like to play them yeah. on mic on podcasts. Um so this is going to be a monster yeah. sized episode, fully loaded. Um so that Raw and Uncut. Raw and uncut, a, th- a thickum of an episode, if a you will. Thick-um. A thickum, a supersized meal, because it will be our last episode of the year, the year of, of our gourd, 2021. 2021. Um, we're going to be resting for the holidays. Uh, Katie's booze, bur- Christmas, Katie's booze birthday. Truth. Then the New Year's. Yes. But we will be back before Katie's B-Day, I think. Ooh. Probably. Um, so make sure you send her her, her wishes. Uh, <laughs> Christmas, Christmas and birthday wishes. And then it lets you plan the three-month advent calendar to my birthday. Perfect. Parfait. You know, those nice three-month at 90 days. Easy. You know, if you need help remembering when my birthday is, there was a mild event that happened last year oh my with God. some, um, you what? know, kind of maybe some questionable folks uh, stormed a pretty big building in uh, these here U.S. of A's. Katie, how, um, have were... I n- how have I never put that together? Oh, yeah. It was a... It was a a solid uh in the in the band that i have uh our bass player his birthday is september 11th and so i texted him on my birthday and i said well i guess we're national tragedy birthday twins now <laughs> guess i'm going to get like a, a letter welcoming me to the club or something Ooh, mm. i completely <laughs> i totally forgot i Ooh, I don't. Oh my god! Now. I cannot believe. <laughs> I cannot believe. I literally was watching it. Like I was like, God, this is fucking terrible. And also, you fucking ruined my birthday. How dare you? For- Mainly, God, this is terrible. But also, a little part of like, how dare you? You stupid rednecks. Oh my god! You stupid motherfuckers! I want to get a birthday card with that the guy with the buffalo. Mm. I know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can say and call them rednecks because I, I had to endure that culture (laughs) up close and personal for a good portion of my life. I, I can spot them like the, like the best of them. Not that that's really hard to spot. They're pretty easy to spot in a crowd, but fuck that. Those goddamn rednecks. They're stupid ideas. I cannot believe I forgot that your birthday. (laughs) 
<laughs> Big Insurrection Day are the same day. <sighs> and I my... knew them both and I never put them together. I, I don't, <laughs> I never think of the date when they're yeah. talking about the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, the riots, baby. Event. Um, Oh, I was the OG okay. riot, baby. You were. You were. Um, I thought you were going to be talking about the epiphany. Oh, <laughs> true. There's an that event was that happened. I was mm. like, oh, it's nice. Yeah. The king's oh. game. Oh, no. no. I, dodged, I dodged one bullet, which was not being named epiphany. And then, I don't know. Wow. Not enough bullets were dodged on the insurrection. That was a little dark. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the best I can do is on the day I graduated high school, O.J. Simpson went on his slow car chase Ooh. on the 405. That happened Epic. as my graduation ceremony was supposed to start. So everybody was late. Oof. And that's all they yeah. could talk about. Not 18 years of school. and Congrats. Or it wasn't 18 years. 12 years of school. We 18 school. years of school. We weren't in school as, as babies. <laughs> I love you know that, what I mean? A lifetime. A lifetime of school. Career. Bald school baby career. Vanessa just. Yeah. Ready. Oh, here. Have <laughs> got any pencils? Um, I brought my toothpaste. Uh, not at all. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. So, okay. All right. Okay. If you so, do need help remembering, remember that when you think of the Capitol riots, think of Katie. Think of me first. <laughs> think of Katie Thank celebrating you. her birthday. Just yes. sign and looking out the window. Oh, motherfuckers. I'm just going to sing uh, Les Miserables out the window. Right. <laughs> I dreamed a dream. Okay. So, so happy, you can find us. Happy Christmas. Oh, Happy, happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Um, happy finally an end to 2021. I mean, we're probably just yeah. going to do it all over again in 2022. Keep hope alive. 2022. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it. And in the okay. meantime, to tide you over, if you need, you just can't get enough, you need more of us. We're at thebottombible.com. And from there, you can reach anywhere we are on the Instagram, The Bottom Bible. Um, all the podcast places where you could listen to podcasts the bottom bible mm-hmm. um i think we're on twitter shout out to tyler our our only fan um we don't have an only fans but well, we, we have, do have an only just fan. the one fan just the um, one sock. so shout out to tyler on twitter i'm sorry we are never there and i'm sorry it took me like nine months to open twitter and see <laughs> that you had followed us and to follow you back i will try to do better we're not good tweeters we're not good tweeters i know i can't think that fast i'm just a boomer as Shane Madey would say, because they're my new obsession, the bottom Bible, the bottom Bible, the bottom Bible, the bottom Bible. There you go. That's, That's all, all you need to know. know. <gasps> all right. <gasps> rhymes. Rhymes. If it rhymes. rhymes, everything will be fine. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Okay. Bye. I miss Vine. All right. Oh, I know. Goodbye. See you, See you next goodbye. year, goodbye, little fuckers. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. 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 B